There we go. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jan Davies and I'm with Friendswood ISD and um, we partner with the surrounding districts in the Galveston and Brazoria County to bring these to you. We're so excited to be again meeting with Michelle with Consolidated Planning Group and to have this topic of um, the waiver programs and SSI and preserving benefits to be able to share with you today. Um, thank you, Michelle, for joining us. And there you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. We're always happy to share information and to help the community as much as we possibly can. Uh, we've been through it. You know, Consolidated Planning Group is made up of um, four advisors. We all are parents. And um, the owner of the company has two kids who have special needs. So we live it and breathe it. And we know what we're what you are going through. And we're here to help. Uh, so just uh, let me go through a couple of housekeeping items first. This webinar is being recorded and we will send a link to that recording and we will send the slides to everybody who registered. Uh, those should be in your email box later on today. We're in webinar mode, which means that we cannot hear you or see you, but I know that you're out there. Um, so feel free to have a snack or eat your lunch while you listen. Um, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to put those in the chat box. I'm going to keep an eye on that as, as I'm going through. If it seems like I'm ignoring your question in the chat box, it just means that I'm probably about to get to a slide that talks about those things, or I, I will very soon. But I plan to answer as many of your questions as I possibly can today. Um, so a little bit about Consolidated Planning Group. We are based in Houston. We serve families all across Texas and as a matter of fact, all across the United States. So um, we're an independent, holistic financial planning firm that focuses mainly on families with special needs loved ones. We help families with care plans and that transition period between high school and the real world when your child turns 18, um, which a lot of, of stuff happens at that moment. And that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we are advocates for the special needs community. We help to educate as much of our as as much as we can. Uh, these webinars, we do between two and five webinars almost every single week you know, as long as we're not on vacation or something. They're always free. And once they're done, we uh, put them on our YouTube channel. So you can go back and watch previous webinars that we've already done. We also have a podcast. So if you're listening on our podcast and you would like for us to send you a copy of the slides, uh, you can just email us. And that email address is contact at cpgcares.net. Um, we'll email those slides to you if you're listening and you would like them. Um, another thing that I want to mention is that, uh, you know, you're definitely in the right place because there are very few financial advisors who focus on special needs planning. Across the United States, there are over 263,000 financial advisors, according, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So 263,000 
financial advisors. But of all of those all across the United States, there are fewer than 200 who focus on special needs planning. And I don't mean 200,000. I just mean 200. So that equates to less than a half of a, a tenth, not even a half, I'm sorry, a tenth of a percent of financial advisors focus on special needs planning. We at Consolidated Planning Group, um, we really focus on this. I might, I mean, you could say that we're experts in financial uh, special needs planning and uh, we're here for you to answer your questions. So let's get into it. Today, we're going to be talking about the Texas Medicaid Home and Community-Based Waivers. So there are eight different waiver programs in Texas. They are specific, for the most part, to the state of Texas. You have to live here, you have to get on the list and um, apply for services, and you have to qualify for those services. They can be very helpful, and we're going to get into all of these. So this is just a listing of the eight different programs that you can register with. There's class, community living assistance, and support services. Uh, there's DBMD, which is Deaf Blind with Multiple Disabilities. HCS is Home and Community-Based Services. TXHML is Texas Home Living. MDCP is the Medically Dependent Children's Program. There is the Star Plus Waiver, which is some kind, sometimes called the 1115 Demonstration Waiver. Youth Empowerment Services is another great program, and Community First Choice. Okay, so let's get into this. Like I said, don't forget, you can put your questions or comments in the chat, and I'll get to them as I can. So let's start with class. One thing that I want to explain to you today is that the waiver waiting uh, lists can be quite long. And I want you to understand that it is important to get on the waiting list as soon as possible. Even if you have an infant and you think that there might be some sort of intellectual or developmental disability, you're not even positive yet, but you think that there might be something, put your child on the waiting list. The reason I say that is because these waiting lists can be 15 to 17 years long. And in 10 years, who knows what that number is going to look like. So the quicker that we can get the process started, the better. Um, and some of these programs, for example, class, the first one here on the list of waivers, class serves children and adults with a related condition. What does that mean? So they have a listing of over 200 um, different, I'm trying to move my chat. Yes, over 200 different related conditions. Cerebral palsy, spina bifida, autism, uh, intellectual disability, low IQ, all kinds of things, uh, deafness and blindness and uh, whatever it may be. This serves a very wide range of people. As long as this disability began before the child was 22 years old, they qualify for class. So as you can imagine, because it covers such a wide variety of 
um, conditions and it serves adults and children as long as their disability began before age 22, a lot of people will qualify for this program. So you can assume that the list is going to be very long in terms of waiting for your number to be called uh, to come up for the class waiver. Now, in comparison, the very next one is the DBMD waiver. This is for people who are deaf and blind and have another disability. So you either have to be completely deaf or blind and blind or like have a condition where your eyesight and hearing is deteriorating and will eventually just deteriorate to the point where you will be completely deaf and blind. And not only do you have to have deafness and blindness, but you also have to have another third disability. So as you can see, there aren't nearly as many people who would qualify for the DBMD waiver. And the waiting list for this one is only a few months long, um, anywhere from six months to a year. Um, so, so this is what I'm talking about is some of them have very broad service structures and some of them are more narrow. The ones who serve more people are going to have much longer waiting lists. Um, HCS, the next waiver on the list, that stands for Home and Community-Based Services, which is a little confusing because all of these waivers, you remember on this first slide, they're all called Home and Community-Based Waivers. That's, that's kind of the overarching title for all of the, these different waivers. And then there is the HCS, Home and Community-Based Services Waiver. Um, but this is just another program that is available to help support children and adults with intellectual disability or a related condition. So again, it can be intellectual, developmental, any of those things. HCS waiver is for um, individuals who live with their families or in their own homes or in small group homes that do not have more than four people. So it can help pay for a, a group home. MDCP, another one that is more narrow because you have to be medically dependent to get this waiver. It's for people who are 20 years and younger. So 20 years and younger, and they are medically fragile. And this is going to help them stay at home rather than receiving services in a nursing facility. That's really kind of the point of all of these home and community-based waiver programs is that they are trying to prevent people from going into nursing facilities or things like that to be cared for. They're going to be cared for in their homes or in their communities. That's, that's the whole point of these. So MDCP is for medically fragile people under the age of 21. So what happens when they turn 21? Next page is that they go onto the STAR Plus waiver, Home and Community-Based Services, STAR Plus waiver. So this is for people who are medically fragile and um, over 21 years old. So if you're on MDCP 
as a child and you turn 21, you'll trans transition over to this program instead. Um, and again, it is aimed to keep people out of nursing facilities, state-run facilities, and in their own homes. It helps it you uh, you get hooked up with a managed care organization and kind of hire your own caregivers or your child's caregivers. And again, the list for this one is not very long because they have to be medically fragile and dependent on that help um, and over 21 years old. Okay. Uh, Texas Home Living. Texas Home Living gives services for um, children and adults, but it's more for in your own home or in your family's home. Not so much for people who are going to go to a residential community or even a group home for Texas Home Living. Youth Empowerment Services. Now, this one is a little bit different. This is for mental, emotional, and behavioral difficulties. And in many counties, there's not even a wait for the YES program. So that's good. Um, it's for children under the age of 19, mental, emotional, and behavioral. That diagnosis has to be their primary thing, their primary issue. So maybe they also have ADHD, or maybe they also have autism. But the, the reason for this program is for that emotional component, okay? So this has to be upfront uh, when you're applying for that. And Community First Choice. Community First Choice is the last program that I want to talk about. This allows states to provide home and community-based services like attendance and um, things like supports to any Medicaid recipient with a disability. Uh, this is an entitlement. It's a little bit different than the waivers um, because it's, it's an entitlement. So um, they can provide help with things like the activities of daily living, health-related tasks. They uh, supervise, they give hands-on help. They can even help educate, help you help teach you how to do things. They do queuing with you. Um, just help that individual learn how to be a little bit more independent where they can and how to care for themselves. The services um, like Star Plus, the services are through a managed care organization. Um, and, and like I said, it's an entitlement. The list isn't very long because it's, um, it's an entitlement program. Um, so what, what does the waiver progr program give you? Let's talk about that. So all of the waivers can help you pay for things like adaptive aids, financial management services, like, like consolidated planning group, um, supported employment, employment assistance, minor home modifications and respite care. So they're not going to give you, you know, a budget to renovate your entire home, but if you need a wheelchair ramp or grab bars or other assistive technology in the home, they could help you pay for those things. Now, um, in the, the blue bubble, these services are included, unless you get MDCP, because MDCP 
children's Medicaid is already going to help you with the, these things. So it's not going to overlap, but, you know, professional therapies like music therapy or massage therapy, recreational, occupational, physical therapy, speech therapy, any kind of therapy you might need. Um, they'll help pay for that. Prescriptions, dental care, nursing. Um, so as you can see, you know, if you have these things paid for, uh, for your child, for your loved one, through the waiver programs, that helps reduce the burden on the families quite a lot. You know, imagine being able to have um, all of the prescriptions and dental care and nursing hours and therapy paid for by these programs. What a blessing that is. So even if your child is already um, 15 or 16, or even if they're already an adult and you have not applied for the waiver programs, you need to get on the list. Because even if they're in their 40s or 50s, when they finally get the waiver, these are very helpful things. Um, you know, they could even pay for transportation. If, if your loved one might need help getting to work or to a doctor's appointment, they can help with those things. Residential services, horse therapy, um, dayhab or ISS programs, nursing hours and respite hours. Um, so really, Anything, anything that your loved one might need, these waiver services can really come in handy. So don't, don't miss the boat on signing up for those. Now, most of the waiver programs uh, are for all ages, except for the ones that we mentioned. You know, MDCP is 20 and younger. Yes, that's the um, behavioral one that is for 19 and younger. And then star plus our 21 is for 21 and over. Uh, when it comes to financial eligibility, all of the waivers, except for Texas home living, do have a limit on your income. So um, the income limit is 300% of what the SSI benefit is. Okay, so that's a little confusing because why is it tied to SSI? You know, this is how they do it. They didn't ask my opinion. <laughs> so for this year, SSI, the um, amount that you would get from SSI is $914 a month. So you multiply that times three, and that is $2,742. So you cannot have income more than 2,742 um, to claim the waivers. Now that's not you as the parent. It doesn't look at the parent's income. This is the person with a disability. This is the person who is going to receive the waiver services. They cannot have more than $2,742 in income per month. And they do have to meet the eligibility criteria for each of the waiver programs. So like, like I was talking about for MDCP, they have to be medically dependent. Um, if they're not medically fragile and requiring medical help to live, they're not going to qualify for that waiver. Um, you have to, to meet. Now, the good thing is, when you call and sign up for the waiver programs, you don't have to prove that they qualify at that moment. 
you have to prove that they qualify when their name comes up at the top of the list. Uh, so in a year or several months for some of the programs, in 15 or 17 years for other, other programs. Um, and we have heard some stories where um, parents or caretakers have called to put somebody on the list and they were asked. But really, um, you can just tell them, you know, I believe they qualify for this and we'll find out when their name comes up and I have to prove that they're eligible. That's all you need to say. It's not a big deal. Just we know the rules. And if they won't sign, sign you up on the list because you can't prove it at that time, you need to speak to a supervisor because that's not how it works. Um, eligibility is not determined until the individual comes up on the list, right? So don't forget that. Don't let them talk you out of getting signed up. So there are two pathways uh, for funding or ways to get on the list, ways that the, these things happen. So the first way is through the interest list, the wait list that I've been talking about, you know, waiting years and years and years in most cases for your loved one to come to the top of this list. Um, the way that works is you call, you get your name put on the list. It's a first come, first serve um, situation, right? The entire state is put on this list. As funding comes through, they, they get as many people through as they can, and it takes a long time. And it's, it's unfortunate. We're hoping that things are going to change, but for now, that's the way it is. There's one other way that you can get these services, and that is through their Promoting Independence program. Um, it can help prevent people from having to go into an institution. It can also help individuals who are already in an institution transition out of them. So let's talk a little bit about these two different pathways. The first one is the wait list. And this is how you get on the wait list for these programs. I'm going to leave this up for a little bit so you can write down these phone numbers. But again, you will receive these slides later on today. Um, any links on these slides, like the orange link here, when you receive the slide deck, you can cl click on that link. Uh, but you can also just Google Lida uh, lookup. Lida, some people call it Lida. That is your local intellectual disability, wait, intellectual and developmental disability authority. Your local intellectual and developmental disability authority. They are the people like Texoma, Blue Bonnet, MHMR, Harris Center. Those are just a few of them. Your local authority who helps you with these these things. So you'll see the first number on this list in red, the 877 number here at the top is for MDCP, that's the medically dependent one, class, that is a waiver that can serve almost anybody with a disability, and DBMD, the deaf and blind one. So even if you don't think that you would qualify for MDCP or DBMD, everyone on this call today should call this phone number because class is probably going to be able to serve your family. 
So everybody here today should have their name on the list at this 877 number in red, okay? The second part is for the HCS and Texas Home Living Com Community First Choice waivers. These are through your local authority. Uh, so whoever your local authority is, you need to look it up and find out who that is. You can click that link and you need to call them and say, that you want to be on the waiting list for these programs. So that's two places that every single person on today's webinar should contact to make sure that you're on all these wait lists. Now, the last one is for Star Plus. Uh, that's in the blue box on the very bottom of the page. Remember that Star Plus is only for medically dependent people who are 21 years and older, okay? So not everyone here is going to need to call Star Plus and get on their list, okay? Any questions so far? I don't see any yet. So we're chugging right along. I see that someone just joined. So I just wanna reiterate for people who are just com coming on, we are going to send you the recording of this webinar and all of these slides. You'll receive them later on today in your email that you registered with. So uh, no worries there. We're glad you joined us. So, okay, we talked about getting onto the wave waiting list as one way to get these waiver programs. The other way is through their promoting independence. Uh, track, if you will. The first thing that we, we want to talk to you about is a crisis diversion spot. We hope that none of you ever need this. But what happens is if you are in a crisis situation, you can call your local authority and let them know. And basically, they're going to move you from a 15-year wait to your name is at the top of the list and you get services right now. Like I said, we hope that you don't have to do this because the only way you qualify is if you are truly in a crisis. What can qualify as a crisis? So let's say um, maybe you and your spouse are taking care of your loved one who has a disability and all of a sudden your spouse becomes disabled or passes away. Now you have to take care of your spouse and your other loved one with a disability. Or maybe it's just you now instead of you and your spouse taking care of your loved one. Um, maybe your parents become disabled and now you have to take care of your parents, the generation above you, and your children, the generation below you, and things are just getting overwhelming. Um, Maybe you lose a job and there is no longer enough income for your family to be able to take care of everybody. Um, maybe your child um, has evolved and they're starting to decline. Maybe they're now a threat to themselves or to you, or they're at risk of running away and, and you really need help controlling this situation. Those are the kinds of crises that they consider. Um, so what you would do is you would call your local authority and tell them that you want a crisis diversion waiver. 
Um, they'll ask you some questions. They'll help you through the process, but you do need to stay on top of it. Um, you know, just like other things, we need to be the squeaky wheel for our loved ones to make sure that they're getting all of the benefits and all of the support that they really need. Um, stay involved. If you're having problems and your local authority isn't really helping, you can contact our office and we'll tell you what next steps you can take to try and get help if that's not um, if, if you're declined or they're not working fast enough or not returning your calls. The other way um, that they're promoting independence track can help you with the waivers is PASRR. That is pre-admission screening and resident review when it comes to nursing facilities or state-run uh, facilities. So if your loved one is already in one of these or, um, well, let's start with, with pre-admission screening. So your loved one is about to go into a nursing facility, a state-run home of some sort. Before they're admitted, they should be doing pre-admission screening and seeing if your loved one can be helped through the waivers at home or in the community instead of being admitted. If they can, then that's what they should be doing. So it's kind of like a check at the door. Wait a minute, do you really need to be uh, admitted or can we do this if we um, get you a waiver and you can get these, these supports at home? If your child or loved one is already admitted, they're already a resident at one of these facilities, they should be doing resident reviews to check with the residents they already have and say, do these people really need to be there or can they be better served in their own community or in their own homes? Um, so if you have a loved one who is currently in a nursing facility or a state-run home, you can ask that they uh, their situation be reviewed, okay? So those are the other outside of waiting 17 years for these, these programs to kick in. Um, so other than, than that, the waiver programs, there's a lot of things that you need to be thinking about when it comes to um, life with a special needs loved one, whether you're taking care of them yourself or you have a caregiver of some sort. Um, we want you to work with a special needs planner like us to help you plan the future for your child. You know, you have a lot to think about. You want to make sure that you don't do anything that is going to jeopardize these things like the waiver programs or their SSI Medicaid benefits, their SSDI or Medicare benefits, all of these things. You need to have your money in the right buckets and you need to be thinking about the fact that if your child cannot work, um, and cannot earn a living for themselves, if they cannot be independent, you're going to have to pay to have somebody take care of them once you're gone. How is that all going to work? And how are you going to be able to afford that? That's where we really, really help a lot of families. Um, so work with a special needs planner to help you come up with this plan. Um, understand what a special needs planner can do for you. Uh, which is us, 
versus what a special needs attorney can do for you. Now, special needs attorneys might call themselves special needs planners. So you, you might need to dig a little bit to decide, okay, is this a special needs focused uh, financial planner or is this a special needs focused attorney planner? <laughs> but we work together, um, not in a way that like they're on staff, but we can refer you to attorneys who focus on special needs topics. They're going to help you do your uh, will. They're going to help you if you want guardianship for your child. And they're going to help you set up a trust because you can have money in a special needs trust for your child and that will not affect their benefits, okay? Now we can help you as special needs financial planners. We can help you figure out where this money that's going to go into the trust is going to come from. We help you figure out if you're on track for your retirement needs and, and help you with things like an ABLE account, which is another place your child can have money that doesn't affect their benefits. We can help set that up. Uh, so we can help on, on both sides of the table, either by helping you outright or by referring you to an attorney. Uh, because like I said, that's not quite what we do. We want you to gather together all of your, your planning documents. What have you already done? Think about um, savings that you already have, your will that you already have. Um, if you have a special needs trust already set up, if you have retirement accounts and 529 plans, we want to look at what you have so we see where you're starting from. And then we can help you put together a roadmap to make sure that you're getting where you need to go, where you need to be, okay? Um, let me answer this question and then we'll get to the letter of intent because that takes a little bit of explaining. The question is, if my daughter has MDCP, we can have a special needs planner. Anyone can have a special needs planner, yes. And you can use money from the waiver program to help you pay for that, or you can pay for it outright. outright. Um, but yes, it's important that you have special needs. It's kind of like we're another part of your team that's going to help you with your child. And you need a big team. You need a big support staff to help you. You know, you have... Um, your doctors and your specialists and your therapist and your, um, you know, your services coordinator and the IEP coordinator at your school, the special ed team, you have your financial team as well, helping you make sure that you have everything in place on this side. So we're just another member of your team of support. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the letter of intent. Um, your letter of intent, what that is, is a document that we want you to write. It's kind of a love letter to your family or to the person who is going to come in once you're gone and help take care of your loved one. So heaven forbid, if something happens to you tomorrow and you are no longer around, what do you need that person to know about taking care of your child? 
Now we do entire webinars about this. So you can find those on our YouTube channel, don't panic. But your letter of intent should include your medical, your child's medical history. What waivers are they receiving? What government help are they receiving? Who is your team of support that is helping uh, take care of your child? What diagnosis history? What medications are they on? Um, where were they born? Who is their doctor? Things like that. But then also things like what do they what routines do they have? What spiritual or religious beliefs or traditions do you have in your family that somebody is going to need to know about? What bedtime routines and traditions do you have? What sets your child off to have a tantrum? What is going to absolutely ruin their day? Or if they're having a bad day, what things are there that can help make them uh, turn things around. Just things about your child that somebody is going to need to know. And like I said, we do separate webinars about that. So I'm not going to go too deep into your letter of intent, but definitely something that you need to be thinking about. And involve the rest of your family. When you're thinking about this letter of intent, you're thinking about your vision of what you want your future to look like for you, for your special needs loved one and for your entire family and get those family members involved in this process because it, it really takes a village. It takes a team to uh, support you. And we know that. So make sure everyone is involved. All right. How are you going to fund the care for your child once you're gone? It's, it can be very, very expensive. You know, programs like um, Brookwood are available, Marbridge. There are great communities out there for people who need care, who need a residential, full-time residential community, but they can be very expensive. And we're talking between 3000 5000 or upwards per month. Uh, for these residential communities. And you think about the fact that your child, once you're gone, might live another 20 or 30 years, right? So that's 20 or 30 years worth of $5,000 a month payments that are going up every year. It really adds up. So how, how are we going to be able to pay for that? Here are some things you need to think about. Make sure that you preserve eligibility for the the programs that are available. That means keeping your assets below the limits and keeping your income below the limits. You can save up money for your child in a special needs trust, and that will not be counted in their assets or their income as long as it's set up correctly. Uh, so that is one way that you can set money aside starting right now so that once you're gone, your child will have a pool of money. It's also a place where your assets can go, maybe um, life insurance. That's a big one. We see a lot of people use life insurance or their other assets to provide funding for that special needs trust. Um, and that can be given to your child without jeopardizing the benefit the benefits. It passes tax-free to your heirs. And some, even our 
affluent clients who maybe already have plenty of money for their child to be paid for and taken care of. They still get life insurance because it's an asset class that can be passed on tax-free. You spend a little now for your child to be able to have a nice nest egg or um, an um, amount of money that's been saved and can be passed to them. You can also have money in an ABLE account for your child. Now, an ABLE account is also called a 529A. You might have heard of a 529C, which is a 529 college savings plan. Um, 529C is very similar. This is a 520, so 529C for college, 529A for ABLE. See how that works? Um, you can set money aside. $17,000 is the number for 2023. And you can put additional money in there if your child is working. So this year, it's an additional $13,590 um, that you can put into the ABLE account if your child is working. Anyone can qualify for an ABLE account if they have a disability that began before their age 26. Okay, so let's say you're child is diagnosed with having a disability, they're five or six years old, um, you can set up a 529A ABLE account and start putting money in there for them, $17,000 a year. But you never want to have more than $100,000 total in that account for your child, or else they'll be cut off from their other benefits because the Social Security Administration keeps tabs of these things and they'll say, oh, well, you have over $100,000 saved in this ABLE account. That's plenty. You don't need our help anymore. We're not gonna give you any, any more benefits. So keep that amount below, uh, below 100,000. I think I misspoke. You can't have more than 100,000 in there. Okay, <laughs> if you have questions, let me know. Um, if you're following along with me, even if I misspoke, good. <laughs> so again, you can have money in your trust, your special needs trust, you can have money in your ABLE account, but you need to be aware of, of how they work and that they kind of work together. Um, there are pros and cons to, to each but they are places where you can save money without messing up their benefits, as long as you do things correctly, okay? And if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us at Consolidated Planning Group to answer those questions, because sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain does. <laughs> so um, like I said, we do webinars every week, and these are some of the other things that you should be keeping on your radar and other things that we do webinars about um, the special needs care plan. What does the future look like for your child? What do you want it to look like? And how we can help you get there. The cost estimates for that future care. Please know that this is typically for most families in the millions. Um, so you need to be prepared. Uh, the waiver programs and the interest list, we've spent a lot of time talking about that today. If you have questions, I only have a few more slides left, so go ahead and get those in the chat box. 
SSI and SSDI are two different programs through the Social Security Administration. You need to understand what the differences is, are and how you apply for those and when you apply. ABLE accounts, again, that's another place where you can save money for your child to use in the future um, without jeopardizing all of these great benefits. You need to make sure that your child is not listed directly as a beneficiary um, on any accounts. You need to also make sure that maybe if there's grandma and grandpa want to leave money for your child, it cannot be left straight to your child, Johnny Smith. It has to be left to the special needs trust for the benefit of Johnny Smith, or else you could really mess things up. Um, special needs trusts, how to fund them, child support beyond age 18. Um, if child support is a thing in your life and you're going through a divorce situation, um, please note that if the child support is going to be going on beyond age 18, it has to be redirected to a first party special needs trust or else it will be counted as income for your child. And again, that could really mess things up. Um, start touring those residential communities early. You wanna find a good fit for your child and you wanna make sure that you're signed up in time for those waiting lists. Okay, we would hate for you to go through all the work of finding a great fit for your child and they take um, your, they're going to be able to take your children based on their disability and it's the program that you really like and it's a great location and, and you tour the facility and you love it and you say, okay, great, sign me up and they say, okay, great, the wait is five years or 10 years. And you were thinking that you were going to move in next weekend. Well, it doesn't quite happen that way. So make sure that you're planning early. Um, guardianship. Uh, we do, like I said, we do webinars on all these topics. Guardianship is one that always has a lot of questions. Um, you are taking rights away from your child if you have guardianship over them. There are alternatives like partial guardianship or power of attorneys or um, supported decision-making agreements. If you do need full guardianship, you can start that process when you're uh, within six months of your child turning 18. And these things do, like I said, they do require an attorney. You also want to think about what's going to happen after high school. You know, right now your child might be going to high school or going to school they're in school during the day, you can go to work or do what you need to do. Um, what happens when that's over? There are educational options, there are transition options, vocational options, residential options, um, or keep your child at home with you. You know, there's a lot to think about. And before that moment hits and you're stuck thinking, oh gosh, I didn't think about what I'm gonna do. Once they're out of high school, think about it now, okay? Um, I have just two more slides, I think, and then I'm gonna get to any questions that are in the chat. So please stay with us. Um, this, this slide will be sent to you so that you can just easily click and see what our upcoming webinars are, if any of those topics interest you and you wanna learn more. Um, this is our team. 
again, two husband and wife teams of advisors. There's Allison and Jeff, and then myself, my, my glamour shot <laughs> and my husband, Andy, it's the funniest thing when, when we look at this, um, picture, if you hover your cursor over the different pictures, sometimes Google will pop up a link that says bearded man or man with beard. It's so funny. Anyway, two husband and wife teams. And then we have this fantastic staff of um, operations experts who back us up, who make sure that our uh Phone calls are made, our paperwork is done, all of our marketing is correct and beautiful. Um, they help us set up these great webinars. As a matter of fact, I want to let you know that these, actually everybody on this page, except for Allison and Jeff, make phone calls to market our firm, right? Logically. So we're going to be reaching out to you. You registered for this webinar by giving us your phone number and your email address. So when we call, please think of these smiling faces and how sweet we all are and don't hang up on us or be rude. We are just calling to make sure that your questions are answered. Or if you want to make an appointment with us that we, we have you down for an appointment. If you don't want us to call, the easiest way is for you to use this slide to contact us first. You can use the QR code or you can call or email us and schedule an appointment. Our appointments, typically the initial point appointment, first of all, is completely free. Second of all, what we do um, in this 35 to 45 minute conversation is we wanna learn about you and your family and answer any immediate questions that we can so that you can sleep a little bit better at night. You know, what about this? How do I sign up for that? Give me some quick tips about whatever. We're willing to do that and give you um, helpful information completely free. After that, we're going to tell you about how we work and how we charge and what we do and um, see if you would like to continue beyond that and, and work with us. We would love it if you do. Uh, we do have people all over the state of Texas. We work all over the state of Texas and all over the United States. All of our appointments are over Zoom unless you wanna to come to Houston and meet us in person. Um, but really we can work just as well over Zoom and it works well for us because People with children who have special needs, you know, sometimes it's difficult to find a babysitter or to travel with your child. So we are available on online and we can do everything that way. Uh, you can click these links below for our YouTube channel. Like I said, that's where we keep all of our webinars, our Instagram page, our podcast, and our Facebook. So here we go. Let's get into these last few questions. Um, are there, let's make sure, okay. Yes, you're going to get a copy of all these slides and a link to the webinar on our YouTube channel. You'll get that in your email later on today. Are there programs for school and education for autism that I can look into? Yes, there are programs through different colleges, through different organizations. There are transition programs, day programs summer camp programs, 
all kinds of helpful things that we uh, we can turn you on to. We have done several uh, panel webinars where we have people from a bunch of different programs pop in and say, this is who we are and what we do. Um, and we keep track of lists of all of those that we give to our clients. So keep an eye out for that. Visit our channel. Uh, can we contact you for questions? This whole process is very confusing. And of course, government offices are not very helpful. We know that. If you have a quick question, just go ahead up and set up, go ahead and set up your free consultation. Um, we will walk you through whatever quick questions you have. And then if you need more guidance, one of the things that we do when you become our client is we give you kind of a roadmap of how to do what you need to do, who to call, what magic words you need to say to get what you need, and to make sure that you don't leave anything out. So that is for clients. Like I said, if you want a free consultation, we're happy to answer a few quick questions. Once you become a paid client, we give you this entire roadmap so you know exactly what you need to do and you don't leave out anything important. Uh, next question, uh, contact, we will, if we um, haven't yet, we will definitely contact you for an appointment or you can call us either way. You're going to be hearing from us. Do we have someone in El Paso? Like I said, we do the work online, so you don't even have to worry about that. We'll reach out to you and see if that works works for you. There, oh, and Jan, Jan's saying there are many, many, many college programs, great programs for students with autism um, or any other intellectual or developmental disabilities as well. There are great programs out there for everybody. All right, that's the last of the questions, the last of the information that I wanted to share with you today. If there's anything else that we can help you with, I promise we don't bite. We are not pushy. Um, we're not going to try to talk you into something you don't want to do. And if you're uninterested, just say that, that's fine. Um, our webinars are always open and available for you, even if you're not interested in working with us. You can watch our webinars for free. That's just a service that we provide to help the community as much as possible. Um, technology and apps for kids with learning disabilities. That is a great question and something that we haven't really gotten into yet. Um, I'm going to make a note of that and see if we can include a slide that talks about that or start gathering those resources into a spreadsheet for our clients. So apps and tech for people with disabilities. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's a great, great thing that we'll research and start gathering those resources. All right. Well, with that being said, I hope that you enjoy your weekend. It's Friday, so go out there. Have a great day. Enjoy your weekend. Reach out to us with any questions that you have, and um, we are here for you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again later, and uh, reach out to us or to Jan if you have any additional questions. Thank you for hosting us, Jan. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. Bye-bye.
Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.